Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Tell Us a Good Story, Teacher's Edition. Yes. We are so excited for this episode as we have one of our good friends, Joe Monk, share a couple of his funny teaching stories about, one, how gullible his students are uh, with his middle school math class and also some of the teacher prank wars that he's been involved with. So hope you enjoy this episode of Tell Us a Good Story. The story of my life, I take her Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure mm-hmm. to introduce a man who is a middle school teacher at Liberty Union, the girls' head track coach, Lancaster High School, and most importantly, Uncle Joe to our children. Yes. Please welcome to our podcast, Joe Muck. Joe Muck. We love Joe hey Muck. Guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Joe, we are thrilled to have you on here. So as you know, or maybe you don't know, you are one of you're the inspiration or one of the inspirations for this podcast because there's been so many times where we've been out to dinner or we've been at a friend's house or in the basement and I'm constantly, Joe, tell Steph this story. Joe, (laughs) tell this story. And I'm just like lining them up. Like you got to tell this story. You got to tell this story. And this is a platform where people can document some of these just amazing stories just from funny life situations. So you were part of the inspiration for this podcast. So thank you, my man. No, thank you. Now you, this is of course our teacher's edition. You've been a middle school teacher for how many years now? This is my 21st year. 21st year. Okay. So you've seen a lot of funny situations and a lot of changes to students, teachers, whatever, the school system over the past 21 years. Right. right? Definitely. Definitely. So I want to line up some stories for you because you have some amazing stories. The first one that Steph and, I, Steph and I want you to share with our listeners is going to be what happened a couple years ago, okay? So Joe and his sweet wife, Mindy, were in her basement. I think, mm-hmm. I think we're probably watching high state football or I'm something. sure we were watching high state football. Yes, we were. And we were just going through stories, and Joe made a comment. I think we'd probably asked him, what's the biggest difference you see between kids today and kids when you first started out as a – middle school teacher, right? And one of the things that Joe had mentioned was how gullible kids are today. And he's like, literally Kevin and stuff. I could tell these kids in my middle school anything and they will believe me. Now, I didn't believe you. No, we called false on that. Yes, we called BS on that. Yeah, no. And literally Joe was like, no, 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 trust me. I can prove it. How can can we prove this? Well, he challenged us. He did, yes. You challenged us. Yes. Yeah. Right. So Joe said, hey, let's, let's test this out. You come up with a premise of s- some outlandish lie about me, and then I will somehow work this into my conversation with students. Mm-hmm. Right. And we said challenge accepted. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, no, you did. We didn't have any. We didn't put any money down on this. We didn't. Ha- we didn't make a bet. No, it was no. just just for, just for pride. It was just yes. for entertainment. Like, yeah. can yeah. Joe actually can pull, he this, pull off? this off? Yes. Because I don't think he can. I honestly don't think he can when he says. Give me any story, any premise, and I will be able to make my kids believe this in school. And not only the kids, your honor students, I believe, is what you had, yes. you had said. So it was your honor students in sixth grade math. So right. Steph and I then had some homework. We had to come up with some premise. So yes. the next day. On our way to church. Yes. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. I, can, I honestly can't remember. I think we just started throwing out 
story. What about this? What about this? And we came up with an amazing story. But I can't, like, I can't remember the details, so you go for the okay. details. So on our way to church, we came up with Joe, when he was in college, he needed some money to pay for his college tuition. All right. So we came up with that Joe used to be a professional wrestler in college. Okay. But it wasn't like WWE, WWF, WCW back in the day. This was like barnstorming, grassroots type wrestling where he would be at the Lima YMCA, local YMCA. So there's not any footage that you can go back to. He wasn't on the internet because this was, you know, in the 90s. Right. So it's not like the kids could look this up and, and look at at Joe as a former professional wrestler. So we said, former professional wrestler to get through college, your character was a goon. And so you would wrestle, um, you know, the good guys that everyone was rooting mm-hmm. for. And your stage name, your wrestling name was Fu Manchu Man. Because, because yes. of your sweet Fu Manchu <laughs> that you had grown. So we came up with this premise. We called you and said, okay, we've got the story. Good luck convincing your kids that you used to be a professional wrestler, Fu Manchu Man. And so, Joe, right. I'll let you take it from here. What actually happened when you took this challenge on? Well, first of all, let me just say that when, when the challenge was accepted, I, <laughs> I had no clue that the story was going to be so outlandish to start with. <laughs> and, and because you made it so specific that I had to use the Fu Manchu Man name, like as the character's name, I thought like, okay, this is actually going to be possibly pretty tough to pull off. Okay. Um, but anyhow, I was, I was definitely game. I was excited to see if I could, you know, pull this off. So I started telling uh, one class uh, a story about this, like the last five minutes of class every single day. Um, so the whole story from start to finish probably took me close to I would say like three or four weeks before it was even completed. Oh, seriously? Because yes, because I was only I was only giving them five like five minutes at a time, so very little detail. Um, so I start off, you know, just try to casually bring this up one day. Uh, I can't really even remember how I got the conversation started, um, but taking the cue from what you guys said, like, hey, you know, you wouldn't believe some of the things I had to do, like when I was in college, to like make money to pay my tuition, stuff like that, I think. Um, told him I had a bunch of different odd jobs, worked at the BP gas station, which was true. That is true. Um, and did drywall in the summers, which was true. And said, but, uh, you know, the craziest one was um, I made some money doing a little wrestling on the side. And, you know, and I'm not... A, I'm not a big guy. I'm five eleven. Yeah, yeah, how tall are you? I'm like five. I'm five, like five at five eleven at best. One seventy five, hopefully. Beast and, mode. Uh, Beast. Yeah, right. And when Monstrous. Because Joe, when you say on the side, I'm thinking, like out in the parking lot. Hey, here's twenty bucks. Wrestle that guy. Right. <laughs> right. On the side. Yes. So I. So I told them, uh, you know. So I'm looking at the want ads in the paper, like for like help wanted, you know, to make money. And I see an ad from one of these local wrestling companies, small town stuff like Kevin referenced earlier. They show up at your high school gymnasium on a Sunday, you know, and it's free admission, you know, stuff like that. There's 20 people in the crowd. And so I tell them, I see this ad in the newspaper and I'm like, okay, I called up this number. I have to, I have to go and audition. Okay. And so they see me, I'm small undersized guy. And, um, so, oh yeah, you're, you're going to be a heel, right? You're going to be the guy that gets beat up by the good <laughs> wrestlers. Perfect. And 
you need a nickname, you need a character and stuff like that. And so, yes, be, uh, because I had this crazy, um, I think what I told my students actually is that they were giving me props, like wigs to try on and like different costumes, you know, outfits. And one of them was this ridiculously horrible, fake Fu Manchu mustache. And I said, it was really funny because it was like jet black. My hair was blonde. <laughs> like it, it was huge. Like it, it didn't match at all. It was way too big for my face. Um, but that's how they came up with my name. They put it on me and they're like, oh, that's perfect. You look ridiculous. It'll help you play the part. So you're going to be known as Fu Manchu Man. And um, so that's how that first, like that was kind of like the introduction, right? The first lie. So, yes, <laughs> the, the, the introductory lie. And uh, so then I just would add little details, you know, as we went over the course of these few weeks. Um, so I tell them that, you know, I go in, I start wrestling at these small places, the high school gyms, the YMCAs and things like that. And I'm always the guy that loses, right? I get thrown around the ring a lot and all that kind of stuff. Um, but because I'm like a pretty good actor, I start to get kind of well-known locally and people would start to chant when I'm wrestling after I got like well-known, um, foo man, chew man, as I'm like walking down to the <laughs> ring, you know, and I've got my great foo man, chew mustache. Um, and then my popularity grows, right? And so then I get a call to like take this to the next level. A bigger wrestling company has now heard of Fu Manchu Man. And a bigger, <laughs> so they want me to- A bigger YMCA. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, now there's going to be 35 people in it <laughs> instead of 20. And uh, so now it's like more regional. Now I'm like, I have to travel all the way to like Cincinnati uh, <laughs> to wrestle at, uh, at that YMCA. And um, so I'm starting to get even more popular. And one of the things that my, my fans started doing is they would bring signs to support Fu Manchu Man. And the sign was literally just a cutout of a Fu Manchu chew like from paper that they colored in and just put it on a stick and that was it it hadn't the signs that my supposed fans were making had no words or anything it was just a huge uh fu manchu on a stick uh made out of paper again my popularity continues to grow and grow and grow because i'm just so good at playing this part and and uh, of course i'm still losing all the time but the fans just love me they do the fu manchu man chant they have the fu manchu uh, mustache signs that they're bringing, you know, they're all over the crowd. Ooh, man, dude, man. And so, and my students are believing this a hundred percent. Dude, I'm okay? believing this. 100% I am too. Right I'm like, now. keep going, keep going. Yeah. Like, telling me the story. When's the, li when's yes. the lie start? Like, uh, I'm really into this. So, so this continues to kind of grow. Uh, and as I'm getting more and more and more popular, um, uh, again, I get another call to like, take this to the next level. But this time it's from the WWF. The WWF has called me. Uh, they've heard of the great Fu Manchu man and they want to give me my big break. And so I tell them like, okay, they bring me in. I have to do this audition and everything. And they say, okay, we're going to put you on the big stage um, in a match. You know, it's not going to be one of the ones that's going to be on TV or anything, but a live event. And you're going to wrestle against Rey Mysterio. Uh, for any wrestling fans out there would know the uh, masked uh, wrestler Rey Mysterio. And so my kids are like asking me questions about him. They're looking him up on the internet. They're coming back like, that guy, that's, that's a real guy. That guy, he was a real wrestler. You actually, you know, you actually wrestled against him, you know, and all this stuff like that. <clears throat> so I convinced them that 
in that match, you know, I'm all excited. It's my big break, right? I think so that, so I thought that was going to be, Hey, can I make this my career? Like if I go in and just crush it against Rey Mysterio, then the WWF is going to offer Fu Manchu man a contract. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So, um, I go into the ring. Rey Mysterio, of course, is going to toss me around. It's supposed to be like a 30 second match. 30 seconds. One of those in and out. Oh yeah. Just, he comes in, destroys me, pins me. It's over. Um, so when he does his finishing move on me, I, I think I told him I broke my back. Like he, you know, he pounds me down to the ground. I break my back and my wrestling career has ended. <laughs> Fu Manchu Man never wrestles again. Okay. And so they're just like, oh, this is fantastic. They think it's so cool that I was uh, in the WWF for a half a second. You know, I got a, co- a cup of coffee in the WWF. And uh, so that, this was like in the fall. I'm telling them these stories or maybe like middle of the school year. Um, so over the next few months, my, my students would sometimes randomly like do the Fu Manchu Man chant in my class every once in a while. They would ask me questions about Fu Manchu Man. Um, several students made me signs. I still have a sign. I should have brought it with me. I, I, I should have thought about it. So I have like, they, they brought in the mustache <laughs> signs. They like made those for me and they had them in my classroom and they'd come in and they'd do the thing. <laughs> And um, so they were just all about it. Okay. So fast forward a few months later and I had a student teacher and one of our uh, field trips for our sixth graders is we go to outdoor education. Okay. So you, you know, you go to a camp, you spend a couple nights there. Right. And one of the things that we do there for like entertainment is we have a skit night. So this teacher and I were dressed in costumes. Um, we're up on the stage, just he and I, and as and part of our skit was we had to get in a fight. Okay. He's in this huge like sumo wrestling costume and I'm dressed up like an old lady basically. And uh, so we get in this fight on stage, uh, my student teacher and I, and when he goes down to the ground, there's a hundred sixth graders sitting on a floor watching this in front of the stage. He goes down to the ground and I'm like beating him up, you know, in our little fake fight. And just spontaneously, all these kids start chanting, boo man, choo man. (laughs) and I just about lost it. It was like one of the greatest moments ever in my teaching career. It was fantastic. Well, what was funny to us is, I don't know when we saw Joe. It would have mm-hmm. been, I guess, that summer he came back, and you brought the signs that your uh, students had made. Yeah. That was Fu Manchu yeah. Man. Right. They had drawn all this stuff, and you're like, here's proof, my man. <laughs> right. This worked. I, I'll give you the final thing that just – and this really blew me away. So two years later, when those same kids were then in eighth grade, um, we had a little competition of the school. It was like for some sort of charity event. And the winning homeroom was an eighth grade homeroom. And their teacher came down to me one day and he said, hey, listen, for their prize, they want to like come down to your room and have like stories, story time with Mr. Muck. Okay. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like a sixth grade like tradition. Okay. And so I said, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. And so they came down and they're asking me some different questions. And I told them a couple stories. And then this girl, a super smart kid, honors math student, she raised her hand and she said, is the Fu Man Chu Man story real? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're like, yeah, she's like 14 years old. And that blew my mind. That's when I knew like, okay, that this was legit. Like, it worked. Sold it. Most, yeah, most of those kids still thought that that was a true story. I love it. And I just, I love yeah, it. that blew me away. So how yeah. did you tell them that it wasn't real? Like after the end of that four weeks, they're like, hey, I'm totally just 
playing with all you kids. You're so gullible. Yeah. So then in that moment, of course, you do feel a little bit guilty, right? <laughs> so you're looking at these young children. Impressionable minds. Yes. You lined up to for a full month. Um, I used to be a professional wrestler. Then you got to break the news. Yeah. So they, I think I'm not sure that anybody like shed a tear or anything, but there was there was definitely some disappointment. <laughs> So I did feel I did feel guilty for at least like twenty three seconds. You lost some respect from your yeah from your students that day. Probably so. Probably so, so. That blew me away that you were able to sell it as well as you did. And right. But after hearing you just say this again, I totally get it because I'm believing you. I'm here. Right now. Like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> I know amazing. It's a lie. But you forget. You yes. forget that we created it. Right? <laughs> we made this like, up. We made this up and I'm still in it. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like, this is amazing. So we made this an annual tradition. Yes, Stephanie and I come up with something crazy that Joe would have to try to convince his sixth grade math class. Honors, honors math class. Right. So we did it for the next two years. And I think, I don't know, I think we probably just forgot about it that fourth year. Yeah. But I remember year two. You get, well, it's because you, you guys had to give up because... Oh, that's true. Because you know you sold it. That's, it just, that's I kept, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept went. I kept Gosh, winning. It was so funny. <laughs> so year two, we came up with that you had a hunting accident, and so right. as we know, back when you were in college, this is legit. You were doing drywall work. You're on stilts. You fell. You had an accident, and you have a, yes. a large scar on the side of your leg. Okay. Right. So I was like, let's let's use that right as part of proof that this right. to make it easy right so we came up with that joe had been in a hunting accident that you were walking with your gun tripped and got stuck in one of those bear claws on his right. leg <laughs> right and yes. and that's the reason for your scar and then you took it from there then yeah. of course then that was like a cakewalk for you it was amateur hour like i can i can that was the, that was easy. that was the easiest one yeah. probably yeah. so then year three was i knew your uncle's a pilot he he flies some smaller single double engine airplanes, right. and so we came up with the idea that tell your kids that you'd been in a plane crash uh, at some time with your uncle, and I think that was really the premise. You were in a plane crash, yeah. uh, whether it was a kid or Survi I, yeah. yeah, and survived a plane crash with your uncle. Yeah, and it was mm -hmm. like survivor, right? Getting out of getting out of that scene, that situation, and same yes. thing. You pulled it off like amateur hour right. again on yes. on how you convinced your sixth grade students right. that you'd been in a plane crash. You had been caught in a bear claw uh, trap. And, <laughs> and you're also a wrestler. Professional wrestler. Right. Yeah. Almost yes. made it big time. That's true. Nothing to it. <laughs> Easy before, before related to this, by the way, I, I just thought of this for some reason. I had, I kind of like forgot about this, but way before this ever happened, like our little challenge, I remember maybe like my second year teaching, I believe it was, I convinced um, that class that I was the world a whistling champion. <laughs> can you whistle well? What, 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 well I, I can whistle pretty well. Okay. So I was whistling in class, like as they're like, you know, working on their homework or something and somebody like complimented me and that just, that's all it took. You're and like, I was just like, door. oh, I will. Just so you know, <laughs> I, I won the world whistling competition <laughs> back in like 1997 and they're like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then you just see how so, far you can take it. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. So not only that, not only do you mess around with kids and lie to kids, but and the most in <laughs> the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're right. Sure. Yes. We're, the nicest yeah. Way. We're two years later. These kids still think. I love it though. Right. But Joe has also been known to do pranks with other teachers. Yes. So can you 
can you walk us through the story of like this teacher's prank war that you got into at the middle school yes. teacher with some somebody else? Is this this was a, another one of our favorite stories? Right. So there were a, a couple teachers and I that kind of like got into this. It, it started off very innocently. It would be really really small things. Um, where it might be like you walk into your room and someone has like moved your teacher desk, you know, three feet back towards the wall, just little things like that. Um, and then uh, one particular teacher and I really started kind of like amping up uh, the intensity, let's call it, of the pranks. Um, so the one that really kind of got things started was one day I walked into my classroom. You know, it's early in the morning. It's probably like 30 minutes before the students arrive. I sit down, I start you know, kind of getting to work and I hear this weird like beeping sound and I'm like, what the heck is that? And then it stops and I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, I get back to work and then maybe three or four minutes later, I hear it again. And this keeps happening. And then I realize, okay, there's something in my room. So I'm looking all over my room. I cannot find anything anywhere that could be making the sound. I like go out in the hallway. It's not coming from the hallway. Go back in my room. It's definitely in my room. So I'm staying like right in the center of my room, just waiting, like, to hear this and as soon as it goes off I realize it's coming from above me so we had like a drop tile ceiling so I like stand on a desk and I can like I can barely like reach the tiles I move the tile and then the sound gets a little bit louder so I move the tile back more and I'm looking up and there's beams steel beams at the top of the ceiling which are another probably like five feet above the drop tile okay so no no way I can get to them without like an extension ladder right. And there's duct tape to one of these beams, a cell phone. <laughs> I'm like, oh. and I knew immediately like who had done this. Okay. It's one, a guy that I used to teach with. His name's Dave. Wait, so I'm like, I have a question, Joe. Yes. Did you have class through this or was this all in the morning? And luckily you didn't have students during this time. Cause so there were no students at this time. Okay. So by the time I tracked this down and figured out what was happening, now I only have maybe like five minutes before my classes oh, are gosh. going to arrive. So there's no way I can get to this phone. So I'm just thinking like, okay, whoever has done this, and I'm pretty sure it's Dave, <laughs> he's messing with me, but he's got free time right now, just like I do, right? But once his classes come, he's not going to just sit there and Text. blow up yeah. his phone every two seconds, right? That was, that was a mistake on my <laughs> part, okay? So <laughs> my class comes in. I'm trying to take attendance. The phone starts going off. They're all like, what's going on? I'm like, just ignore it. Just ignore it. And, it, and it's going off every, like, seriously, every, like, three to four minutes, just, Ringing. like, clockwork. Yes. Is it texting or phone calls? Or is it like, a beep beep I did, or something? I, well, I wasn't sure. Yeah, something. Okay. That obviously is causing it to oh, go off. Man. And so I'm just like, okay, he's got to stop this at some point. He did, I am not lying. This continued all day. To the very last second of my very last class, <laughs> that phone went off probably like a thousand times. And of course, you can imagine if you're a sixth grader oh, and you're trying to like yeah. listen to your math teacher and I'm trying to actually yes, do something, whereas my coworker obviously was not teaching that day. <laughs> so we won't use his last name. So, you know, I don't want to rat him out. Um, so he, yes, he just sat and texted that phone. He took his daughter, it was his daughter's phone, by the way. He took his daughter's phone <laughs> to pull this off. Texted his daughter's phone all day long. It caused me so many headaches. I was just ready to kill him, right? <laughs> That's great. So I'm like, okay, what can I do to like amp this up a little bit? Well, he always kept a guitar uh, down in this classroom and he was learning how to play guitar and stuff like that. And I play guitar. 
So I, I would like show him some chords and stuff like that every once in a while. So I stole his guitar one time and just hid it, you know? So he comes into his classroom one day and it's just gone. He doesn't know where it's at. He comes asking me, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, of course. <laughs> and then that was like, that was kind of my like retaliation. Um, that year when we went to outdoor education, he sent me a picture. Uh, he had taken a group of students into my classroom. They took literally every single item in my classroom and moved it. I mean, like moved it to a different location. So like my room was bare. So they, they, they literally moved every single item in my classroom, which is a ton of stuff. Okay, filing cabinets, all the desks, everything that I'd hung on my walls, every poster, uh, every book that was sitting on a shelf. I had a wooden um, uh, bookcase with like probably a hundred books on it, you know, gone. Oh. It, the classroom was absolutely bare. And I'm like, where did they put, and so I'm at outdoor ed, so I can't do anything about this, right? I'm like two hours away from the school. He just sends me this text, <laughs> picture of just absolutely nothing, nothing in my classroom. I'm like, no way. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. I'm like, I, I still to this day have no clue where they put it all, right? So I get back from outdoor education. I go down there to like give him the business and I'm trying to act like I'm really angry about this and stuff like that. I can't, I can't really pull it off. He just laughs at me, you know? So I'm like, okay, I really gotta, he really stepped up his game. So now it's my turn. I gotta like, I'm not going to like give in, right? I want to win this prank war. So he, he was a high school teacher. I teach in the middle school, but at that time our buildings were connected. So I knew that during a certain class, he had a couple of my former students that I could kind of trust uh, I needed some inside help, okay, uh, to pull off my next idea. So I explained to them what I wanted to happen, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're in. <laughs> so we laid out the plan and set a day for our next little prank, okay? And sure enough, my former students did a great job. Uh, they show up to my uh, classroom during my lunch right. with a set of keys. And I'm like, thank you very much. <laughs> and I, so, they, so they took off. <clears throat> And then a couple periods later was my conference period, my free period. And of course, teachers are very much creatures of habit. So everybody always parks in the exact same spot. And so there was Dave's van. He had this horrible brown conversion van. It was from like 1992 or something, you know, one of those horribly huge, ugly vans. And, uh, and it was always in the same spot right in the front row of the teacher parking lot. So now I have his keys. I fired up, did a little joy ride around the town uh, for a couple minutes. And then um, just like a few hundred yards away from the high school is a little local um, ice cream shop. Okay. Just tiny brick building with the parking lot. And the parking lot, luckily for me, wraps all the way around the building. So I drove Dave's van and parked it directly behind uh, the ice cream shop so that he, you would not be able to see it. Oh, no. You know, unless you walked all the way around that building. Oh. So at about uh, 3.05 that day, uh, my phone rings, <laughs> and of course, it's Dave, and he immediately has assumed that I have stolen his van. He doesn't call the cops or anything, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> and uh, of course, I try to play it off, but I just, I just can't. He's like, just tell me where the van is. <laughs> you know, he has to, <laughs> he's got to get home or pick up some kids or something. Right. <laughs> so... That was, that was kind of like the crowning uh, moment of the prank where it was uh, stealing someone's vehicle. See, this is what I love. Small town, <clears throat> school, right? Yes. Committing yes. crimes. But I love it. It <laughs> involves the students, but it's something yeah. like, it's just fun. 
fun humor good, that these clean, kids, fun. Right. good clean fun there's no way you could do this in a city school there's no way oh no way right no but a good country school i love yeah. country schools so joe how'd you call a truce on this then like enough's enough we're done here he he moved to georgia <laughs> That would do it. Just pure coincidence. Pure yeah. coincidence that he's like put his house up for sale. We're out of here. I'm just saying. I'm not gonna say it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's because of me, but there's no proof that it's not. I love it. That's good stuff. I love well, Joe, that. Thank you so much. You are amazing. And you are now or will now be the answer to a trivia question. Who was the very first All right. guest? Yes. <laughs> on Tell Us Tell a Good, good story. story. Yes. Podcast. I love it. Nobody can ever take that away from you, my man. And now they might not Appreciate remember it. your name, but they will remember Fu Manchu Man. Fu Manchu Man. Yes. So <laughs> we'll take either. Absolutely. Right? I love it. Yes. Absolutely. Well, Perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks to you guys for having me on. Thanks, Joe. Thank we you, love buddy. you. Bye. All right. Bye. Listeners, if you like what you just saw, like what you just heard, please go to iTunes, go to YouTube and subscribe, rate, review this podcast. That's the only way we'll be able to continue to produce this. Where else can they go, Stephanie? They can go to kevinandsteph.com. That's all I know, though. So, is that it? You crushed it. Yes, crushed it. Thank you, listeners. The story of my life, I give a love. I spend a love until she's broke.